For the American College of Gastroenterology, this is Evidence-Based GI, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing new approaches to calculating adenoma detection rates with Associate Editor Jeffrey Lee, who is Research Scientist and Attending Gastroenterologist at Kaiser Permanente San Francisco, about his summary in the September 2023 issue of EBGI, which summarizes a recent study by Doug Corley and his colleagues at Kaiser Permanente entitled Evaluating Different Approaches for Calculating Adenoma Detection Rate. Is Screening Colonoscopy the Gold Standard? And this is published in the September issue of Gastroenterology. Welcome back, Jeff. And as always, Let's start by discussing why this is an important topic for our listeners, specifically why ADR is so important, and really what are the key points for our listeners to understand about adenoma detection rate? Well, thank you, Phil, for having me back again. As you know, ADR is an endoscopist-specific measure, and it's classically defined as a percentage of average risk individuals undergoing a screening colonoscopy that have at least one adenoma identified by single specific endoscopist and an ADR of at least 25% is actually considered the minimal requirement to demonstrate complete competency based on the last set of ACG, ASG quality measures for colonoscopy. And we have consistently seen in the literature from our group and others that an ADR of less than 20% is consistently associated with a higher risk of post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer, PCCRC short. And this is compared to those with an ADR of higher than 25%. So quite frankly, endoscopists with low ADRs really aren't doing a good job of identifying adenomas and removing them during their screening colonoscopy. And their patients, unfortunately, are at higher risk of getting a post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer because of this polyps. And you know, as your group at Kaiser Permanente has demonstrated, endoscopists shouldn't simply seek to achieve an adenoma detection rate of 25%. They should actually aspire to much higher ADR. That's correct, Phil. We shouldn't just settle for a target ADR of 25% or less in our own practice. We should have the mindset that we can improve and achieve a higher ADR than what is recommended by our current guidelines. And we know that studies have, sh have shown that for every ADR increase of 1% is associated with a 3% decrease in the risk of PCCRC. Our group at Kaiser Permanente in Northern California has also found that ADRs of 35 to 39% are optimal and that even higher ADRs are achievable. In addition, our group has also demonstrated that if you improve your ADR over time, your patients will benefit. In fact, we found that a 30-minute free online you know, training program had an absolute increase in our physician's mean ADR by 3.1%. And even after post-training, we found that each 1% absolute increase in ADR among the endoscopists in our group was associated with a 4% decrease in their patient's PCCRC risk. That's a really great point because, you know, you can't improve something unless you measure it first. And in order to improve on ADR, you have to start by measuring it and then doing interventions to help endoscopists improve their ADR and give them feedback about that. But it's unclear if ADRs are routinely measured in different settings. You know, as we've discussed before, measuring an ADR can can be very time consuming. It's that's a frequent complaint and part of the reason why it may not be routinely done in endoscopy practices across the US. Yeah, that's right, Phil. 
I mean, although calculating ADRs from screening colonoscopies was intended to provide like an apples to apples comparison between physicians and even across practices and healthcare systems, measuring ADR from one indication has been challenging for many, you know, practices. I've heard many complaints from physicians and group practices, even to this very date, that it's uh, incredibly challenging to obtain a screening ADR. And often, you know, ascertaining these colonoscopy indications may entail a manual chart review. And who has time for that? Or utilization of natural language processing tools, and that can be incredibly expensive. And so this can be extremely labor intensive and subject to uh, misclassification, for example. And so we have these barriers currently, and thus it would be much easier if we could simply take all colonoscopies, not just screening colonoscopies, performing performed by a, an individual endoscopist and just be able to calculate an ADR from all colonoscopies. Yeah. I mean, just, just as you said, I've heard people talk about how they have a medical assistant go back through all the charts and the indication for the colonoscopy might say screening and rectal bleeding. That's right. <laughs> what do you pick? <laughs> screening and past history of colon adenome, colon polyps. And you're like, okay, is it truly an average risk screening exam or is it a diagnostic exam? So, you know, and that's what this study looks like. Specifically, it was looking at whether or not adenoma detection rates by different indications, meaning colon polyp surveillance or diagnostic colonoscopy or screening colonoscopy, but especially overall ADR taken from all colonoscopies would have a comparable association with the likelihood of getting a post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer, and then looking at whether or not calculating an ADR based on all examinations versus just screening examinations would comparably identify endoscopists who are low ADR endoscopists poor identifiers of adenomas and still identify the ones who need improvement and whose patients are at higher risk for post-colonoscopy colon cancer without getting their endoscopist to improve on what they're doing. So this was a retrospective cohort study of 45 endoscopy centers across Texas, California, and Washington involving Kaiser Permanente sites in Northern California, Southern California, Washington, and the University of Texas Southwestern and Parkland Hospital in Texas. It looked at almost 500 endoscopists who performed over a million cancer-negative colonoscopies between 2011 and 2019, and ultimately calculated out ADRs for screening, for colon polyp surveillance, for diagnostic colonoscopies, which included colonoscopies in people who had a positive fecal immunochemical test, and an ADR for all colonoscopy indications, and then reported median ADRs for all of those different categories, and then looked at the likelihood of having post-colonoscopy colon cancer associated with those varying ADRs. Having said that about the study design, what were the really key points from the results of the study? Yeah. So some of the key points or key findings from this study was that, not surprisingly, there was some variation in ADR across the indications of the uh, for the colonoscopy. So you saw a median ADR for screening colonoscopies of 29.7%. 
median ADR for diagnostic colonoscopies was 37.1%. Median ADR for surveillance colonoscopies was 48.6%. And for overall grouping all the indications, the median ADR was 36.3%. So we do see some variation based on the indication of the colonoscopy. Like I mentioned earlier, this is not surprising. However, one of the key findings that this study was able to show was that the ADRs across each of the indications and overall were inversely associated with the risk of PCCRC. So for patients with an overall ADR of 45% versus those who had an ADR of less than 25%, we see that the hazard ratio for PCCRC was 0.44 or 56% reduction in PCCRC risk. Now for patients with a screening ADR of 45% or greater versus those with the screening ADR of less than 25%, we see that the hazard ratio of PCCRC was 0.43 or 57% reduction. That's a pretty huge difference and just goes to why it's so important to be good at finding adenomas and taking them out completely. When I look at the figure in your summary, and I'd, I'd encourage our listeners to go back and look at your summary in evidence-based GI, it really seems like the target for ADR should be about 35% if you're going to calculate an overall ADR for all colonoscopies, meaning if you're just going to calculate the ADR from all the diagnostic, screening, colon polyp surveillance, colonoscopies, that the big change in hazard ratio occurs if your overall ADR is 35% or greater versus less than 35%. And so that would be an appropriate target. Does that sound about right to you, Jeff? Yeah, I agree with you, Phil. And I think, you know, with the screening ADR currently set at 25% and with recent studies showing that the, that should, that the screening ADR should be much higher than that to 30% for based on previous studies, I would agree with you in your assessment on looking at the data that it looks like a 35% overall ADR would be a reasonable target. Yeah. You know, that target of 25% which was set prior to 2015 and then reaffirmed in the ACG, ASV, Quality Indicators and Colonoscopy position statement in 2015. That's really based on data collected around 2000 to before 2000 to the 2000 to 2005 timeframe. And the quality of our endoscopic technology, as well as using split-dose bowel prep to get much better bowel cleansing, has made it much easier to identify adenomas and really speaks to the fact we should be trying to get a higher adenoma, adenoma detection rate. But again, you can't improve on something if you don't first measure it. Can you tell us a little bit about how you measure and report adenoma detection rate in your own practice, as well as discussing a little bit about how you train your GI fellows to help them improve their ADR? Yeah, happy to share, you know, how our healthcare system measures ADR. So our healthcare system has leveraged the power of the electronic health record system and the pathology databases to identify, you know, all the colonoscopies performed by our gastroenterologists. And we're able to identify whether an adenoma was detected or not. Now, in order to be able to calculate an ADR, you want to be able to assign an indication. And so rather than using a natural language processing tool or relying on 
physician's indication, which can certainly be gamed, we have historically relied on a algorithm that you know was designed to minimize misclassification of the screening examination and we use this algorithm in conjunction with administrative you know diagnostic and procedure codes and these were linked with laboratory pathology and even the cancer registry registry data and this algorithm was able to classify colonoscopy indications uh, specifically screening indications with high accuracy as validated by chart review but because of this compelling findings from this study and the amount of work creating and updating the codes for the algorithm, our healthcare system has now modified its approach to uh, calculating ADR for each gastroenterologist by using all the indications, all the examinations, rather than just relying on the screening examination. And so this has truly simplified this once time-consuming you know, process of generating ADRs for each of our gastroenterologists in our group, and has also minimized the concern of indication bias. And so in terms of, you know, what I share with my fellows in terms of how we can improve our ADRs, you know, I mentioned, you know, there are several tips that can help my fellows and colleagues. First, you know, it's critical to have a high definition scope, especially one that's equipped with image enhancement, whether it's MBI or iScan. Secondly, you know, you want to have a mindset of looking for flat polyps or flat lesions, because these are the ones that are often missed. Thirdly, we want to, you know, work those folds. We want to clean and suction all that debris, dig into those inner hostral valleys and expose those proximal sides of each of those hostral folds to find those flat lesions. Fourth, we want to perform two or three passes. And we know that it's critically important to, you know, look at the right colon, you know, and the rectum at least two to three times, because these are the areas, the most common areas where we miss polyps. And this is the most common areas where we find PCCRCs, in fact. And lastly, when available, uh, to use a distal attachment. I personally like to use a cap. Others like to use the endocuff. So these are th little tips that I like to share with my colleagues and even my fellows on how we could aspire to improve our ADRs. And also making sure we always do a proper split prep because you want to make sure, especially that you get the right side of the colon cleaned out well, uh, which is enhanced with a split prep. So you can see those flat polyps in the right side of the colon. Absolutely. That has been truly revolutionary in terms of our cleansing. Well, I think this is really helpful for our listeners that you can simplify the calculation of ADR by looking at an ADR for all colonoscopies. And hopefully this will lead more and more programs to be calculating ADR for their endoscopists and reporting it so you can identify poor performers and try to help them improve. Jeff, thanks again for joining me today. For our listeners, please remember to subscribe to Evidence-Based GI on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow us on X formerly known as Twitter, at ACD underscore EBGI, where we host tutorials every Wednesday. And please look for our blast email from the ACG on September 13th with our new issue. Thanks again for joining us. Mm -hmm.